Are you looking to elevate your golf game? With SwingTheoryGolf.com, you will. Tim, who is a certified PGA professional, offers expert instruction and personal attention to help you unleash your true potential. So get ready to tee off with Swing Theory Golf. Welcome to Dynamic Golf. So welcome back, everybody. Welcome to Dynamic Golf. Um, I'm your co-host, Tim McElvana here, um, the owner and operator of Swing Theory Golf, and my co-host, Sean Plotz. Hey, golfers. How you doing? Owner of One Stop Golf Club in Wesley Chapel. So today we have a special guest, a uh, fellow PGA member, a uh, master club fitter, and the owner and operator of Pure Science Golf, Mr. Sean Van Patten. Thank you for coming on. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. Good. Feels like old home week right here for me, boys. Absolutely. I don't know what you guys are thinking, but it's crazy. So we all uh, worked together a couple years ago over at uh, Silverado, what, five, six years ago. Yep. Uh, it's yeah. very interesting to see that our uh, paths have uh, varied quite differently uh, from where we started off to. So, uh, Sean, tell us about uh, your journey and, and how you've gone to where you are now. Uh, well, obviously, you know, I was uh, an assistant pro at Silverado for five or six years under Sean, you yep. know, obviously working with Tim, um, a lot of day-to-day -day operations, running T-sheets, setting up tournaments, stuff like that, you know, just your normal assistant professional stuff. And uh, one of my life goals and, and journeys has always been into get into club fitting and, and kind of be more on that side of the golf aspect. Mm -hmm. So um, about five years ago, I had an opportunity to join the uh, Pure Science team, which is a custom club fitting shop down in Clearwater, Florida. And, um, you know, it's been an amazing journey. Um, you know, it's a, it's a wonderful operation. We got a great group of, group of guys that work for us and uh, just the amazing kind of opportunities to learn more about club fitting and kind of uh, bring that to our clients and see how easy it is to have, you know, golf games improve based off of uh, club fitting aspect, but also take a little bit of the teaching aspect into it as well. Gotcha. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. So the cool thing to me is that, um, you know, all three of us, like you, you kind of find your, your comfort zone or what you're good at. Mm -hmm. And I love Sean Van Patten to death, but he was not great at being an assistant pro. <laughs> Best on the planet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and I mean that in the most loving way. It's just that, you know, he, he, he could always tell he was back there in the club repair room that he kind of created. Mm -hmm. Essentially, we didn't have one at Silverado. And he was always tinkering on stuff and just always reading, always watching YouTube. Yeah. Like just so many things he would come up to me about. And I'd be like, Sean, I don't have time for this. I got to take care of the members' needs at that point or whatever. And, um, and, and he was great, you know, in the operations side. I don't mean it in a negative way. It's just you could tell that, that his passion was, yeah. you know, being on the technical side, really. Uh, yeah. and, and, and even working your own game. Because you, when I fir first met you, you had probably been playing like a year, a year and a half maybe. Yeah, yeah. I, I started you know? pretty late in <coughs> yeah. golf for sure. Like, Especially taking it seriously. Like 30-ish, 28-ish, 27? Uh, I, I, the first time I picked up a club, I was like 21. But yeah. I really didn't get into like the actual like golf aspect playing until I was like 26, 27. Yeah. And you're, what are you, 38 so, now or 30? I just turned 41, 41. this year. Okay. So. so, I mean, in the world of stuff where I played golf since I was 13, mm -hmm. When did you pick it up, T Mac? Five. Five. There you go. There you go. So T Mac should be exactly. Yeah. And we're so, still not as good. Correct. Yeah. So I mean, and that's the other thing too about about uh, we call him VP listeners, by the way. Just yeah. so I'm gonna go with that. Um, but VP always was hitting balls. I mean, constantly hitting golf balls to the extent where um, he's still married. 
but you know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> Helene is a great woman. Yeah. Um, but you could just tell that you always wanted to work on your game, and, and you got the bug, and you had, you had a good mentor, Tim Poltz, which we've talked about on the on this before. Yeah. yeah, and and I think it's interesting because as somebody who's trying to improve your game, you look at different avenues. So you look at, you know, swing theory and, and different ways to you know try to improve your game through technique. But then for me on the equipment side. You know, I really started diving into equipment once I started to get probably somewhere maybe around like a 10 handicap. I really started messing around with stuff, trying to figure out, okay, are there certain ways that I can go um, to try to help improve the consistency of what I was trying to do with my golf swing and stuff like that? And I think there's a lot of people out there who they don't realize that the two are married together you know i mean you look at the best players in the world and there's a reason that they're playing the equipment they're playing obviously besides getting paid millions of dollars to do it correct you know what they have works for them within Mm -hmm. the company that they're with so um you know it's definitely not a one size fits all you know something's going to fit me that's different than what's going to fit klotzy and what's going to fit uh t-mac over here so it's definitely an, an experience and a journey that you know you got to be on for you know quite a while before you can start to figure some stuff out. Yeah, yeah. So I got I got more if you want me to keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Let, let's let's go. <laughs> so I mean, ironically, I'm I'm meeting with our uh, Callaway sales rep yesterday, Scott Sullivan, in our area, and he's talking about the new AI putter uh, that Callaway's coming up with. Yeah, Callaway's yeah. gotten big right? in AI. And, and you know, strokes gained is a term you hear on tour a lot. I'm not sure all of our listeners totally understand it, but but bottom line is it differentiates big prize money versus small prize money. Like, yeah. Yeah. They're trying to find, those guys on tour are trying to find decimal incremental oh, yeah. changes to their game. A third of a stroke here. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. And what he was saying was that he had this chart of basically of the uh, if, if Rom, John Rom, had used now again, you got coming from a salesman. I love Scott, but yeah. I've listened to him for 20 years to different sales guys who are always yeah. pumping there. So basically, he said if it, they had this chart and if John Rom had used the AI putter with better heel-toe balance on it and more face control, he would have won an additional eight million dollars last year. Wow. And when, he, when they show that that chart to Rom, yeah. he's pissed. Right? <laughs> right. <laughs> he's just, what the hell do you mean? How did yeah. I not have this last year? Why was yeah. that on my back? Because he's yeah. playing an Odyssey putter, right? Mm-hmm. He, he yeah. play, and he putts unbelievably, makes a ton of putts. But the difference was the three-putt ratio from that 30, 27 to 30 feet ratio, yeah. where, where those guys three-putt sometimes too. Yeah. But this technology, this AI putter, the way it comes off the face, whatever that is, supposedly is going to change that for him. Um, so it, it's, it doesn't matter whether you're a brand new beginner golfer who typically what do they do they get their clubs from their husband right if it's a yeah. lady right or as juniors your from our dad right yeah. grandparents yeah. like we played with old stuff yeah I'm old so I played persimmon back in the day so did I yep yep so and then um, they're older than me <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly but it doesn't matter if you're that brand new beginner golfer or the literally top two player in the world yeah the equipment matters correct for sure you know and i and i it's weird to think this because a lot of people think that the better you are the equipment matters more and i would actually say the vice versa right you know so obviously when people come into the shop you know they always ask me questions like well how good do i need to be to go through a club fitting and our biggest thing is always well if you're a beginner we just want to try to make sure that you know the length is correct and mm-hmm. the weight is correct. I'm not so much worried about stuff like shaft flex and stuff like that. 
Um, you could take a tour player and give them anything, and I guarantee you they can play. Mm-hmm. But you take the average person and you give them something that's too heavy and in, in the incorrect length and stuff like that, they're going to struggle quite a bit. So, yep. you know, um, there's very basic fittings you can go through to just kind of get you into stuff that's going to match up to what you're doing to start with. And then as you improve, you can kind of get a little bit more detailed into what you need. So yeah, there's gotcha. all sorts of different levels of fitting and, and kind of how the equipment performs. You know, and the amazing thing nowadays is nobody makes bad stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that's what's so good about it now. I mean, doesn't matter any of the big brand names, you know. Um, Everybody makes good stuff. Yeah, good. That's what I tell people too. Like that six hundred dollar driver, the five hundred dollar driver. Once you get to that level, yeah, you, 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 it's really just what do you like the look of? I mean, I'm, maybe I'm simplifying it for what you do, Sean. Mm-hmm. But it's you got to get the right shaft. That's the engine. Correct. Period. Yeah, yeah. Right. You know, I mean, especially right you know, as as far as like how we would operate from you know if somebody was coming in the shop to do like a fitting, you know, and and I, I was just talking to clots and t-mac before we got on here kind of you know just talking about the difference of like you know how they would do a fitting where they are versus how we would do a fitting a lot of it really is options you know i mean in my shop we've got around fifty thousand different hitting combinations that you could hit and obviously we would never go through that many during a session but Mm -hmm. it's having you know a multitude of different shafts that you can try with a multitude of different heads so you know, maybe you fit into a graphite design shaft or, you know, a Mitsubishi shaft or something like that with a driver. And then you try that on different heads and you realize, man, this shaft combination with this Cobra head or this TaylorMade or Titleist head, that's what's really matching up to me. So it's just, you know, it's just options to try to kind of dial in, um, you know, everybody's looking for launch and spin and, and better dispersion patterns. That's essentially what we're trying to do from fittings. And is that what you're really trying to look at is those stats right there when you're doing a club hitting? Yeah, especially for kind of two different levels of player. Better players and honestly a little bit of an older player because as you age, you start to lose speed. Mm-hmm. So what generally happens is as you lose speed, you don't launch the ball high enough correct so we're always looking for ways to try to increase launch and spin kind of for the older player you'd be surprised that actually increasing launch and spin will get you some distance back and probably for the better player a little bit faster club head speed say with driver say 100 miles an hour or more uh, i think the average male is still right around 92 miles an hour is kind of still the average club head speed which is weird to say when you see all these guys on tour swinging at 120 plus yeah but um, at that stage, when you start to get into 100, if the swing technique is diff- decent, so you're hitting fairly level to a little up, then we're going to be looking for you know 13 to 15 launch and 22 to 2,500 spin. So you know if, if you have decent technique and we're not getting that, then there's definitely gains out there from a performance standpoint you can get from equipment. Gotcha. I think that's... Um I feel like we could do a five-hour podcast, you know, all yeah. three of us. It's, and we're going to have you come back yeah, because sure. there's just so much uh, great information that we're talking about here for the average, like you say, beginner, average, you know, advanced. top skill level player. So you touched on something, um, and you did also mention that I was the oldest in the group, so I'll bring it up. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't think I said that out loud. <laughs> exactly. So 52 years old, and you got, again, your, your, your friend Tim Poltz, our friend or whatever, He's about the same age, I think, and, and our friend Fred Bender, like he's a little bit older than that. Yeah. So you, 
you know, Freddie's in his seventies. Yeah. yeah, and the biggest thing every time you talk to Freddie, what does he complain about? Oh, I don't hit it far enough. I don't <laughs> yes, hit it far enough. Exactly. Now you give him a wedge from hundred yards, he's going to hit yeah. it inside four feet yep. every single time. Yeah. So, um, but the but the thing about it, and you see it with the with the manufacturers. So I'm going to use Mizuno as the example. They come out with with their HL. Uh, irons, right? Great iron. Yeah, yeah. HL, high loft. Yep. A- and as a retailer for the last three years, consumer walks in, oh, no, I don't want to hit it higher. Well, you just said it. You, you, you don't have the speed anymore. Yeah. You're going to actually hit it further if you can get the ball to carry more. Correct. And what's amazing <coughs> about that is I'll always ask customers when they're in the shop, I'll say, hey, what do you think of your trajectory? Do you think you hit it high, low, medium, relative to the players you play? And I would say 90% of them always say they hit it high. But when you actually get data and you show them and you're like, hey, well, you're peaking out with a 7-iron at 55 feet. Yeah. And then you give them something and they start hitting it about, you know, 80 feet in the air and they pick up, you know, 8 to 10 yards of carry. They're like, well, I guess I don't hit it very high. They're like, no, you don't. <laughs> no, no, so, absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, it's so important. So let, let's get to the you know crux of the matter, whatever you want to call it. So as a retailer, I'm going to say that, again, me and T-Mac, we're kind of like scratch handicap you know, uh, fitters. Like we're, we're really good in the world. We know a lot of the differences of shafts. Uh, we understand how if somebody comes in with a high-spinning driver, other than fixing their golf swing, yeah. um, you know, what we can do with the club itself, move the weights a little bit, yeah. um, that type of thing. But... Why, you know, why is it one price at our place and then at your place? Essentially, it's 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 higher because you're getting a, a more thorough fit. Maybe, like you said, when you walk in your place, you have. Last time I was there, at least 500 shafts on the wall, yeah. and at least 150 different heads. Yeah. So I mean, it's got to be yeah. part of that. Yeah, I mean, obviously <laughs> the options are a little bit of the part of it, but again, and I mean. I've been a PGA pro now, an actual Class A guy for three years now, but I've been We involved. won't talk about how long it took him to get through the process. I've been involved with golf now for probably around 13 years. Yeah. And um, I think the biggest difference that I've learned coming through the industry and being involved as an assistant pro and ordering clubs through the golf shop and then checking things is as good as the equipment is from a performance standpoint, the stuff coming in how you ordered it, especially like irons and wedges for lofts, lies, a lot of times sometimes um, nobody really builds the swing weight anymore. So the kind of difference that I explain to everybody that comes in the shop is basically, instead of ordering these from basically a plant, a manufacturing plant, we're essentially a tour van for everybody, right? So all the guys on the tour, have their stuff built by a specific team that are going to have, you know, their tolerances are the tightest on the planet. That's essentially what we are for every single player, right? You know, um, uh, frequency is a way to talk about flex. So all of our stuff is frequency matched so that your your four iron swings exactly like your eight iron and your eight iron feels exactly like your wedge. And, you know, so everything's mapped out. Um, That's important right there because yeah. even though it says stiff or regular on the flex of the shaft, yeah, those those factories, and, and this has been going on for 30 years yeah. since I've been in the business. Yeah, there is no industry standard no. for flex. No. So, I mean, you know, when we look at it from a, a flex standpoint, we kind of have a guideline on where we would like to see, let's say we have a so-called flex stiff or a stiff flex that we would chart. And, you know, that might be a for a driver shaft at 45 and a half inches that might be 255 cycles per minute from a frequency standpoint 
you know, so I mean, there's some companies who might label a stiff flex and it might come out at 240, and there's some companies that might label a stiff flex and it'll come out at you know 262. So there's no industry standard, and and that's also why a lot of times sometimes you might see somebody who has a fairly fast swing, but might might not be in your standard X flex because it's all about uh, profile of shaft, how stiff it is, where it's stiff. So is it stiff in the handle? Is it stiff in the tip, the midsection? So there's so many different things that go into not only from a fitting standpoint, but an actual, you know, what do you fit with to take that into consideration with what you're going to build with, you know, are the clubs going to be over length? Do you need to make sure that uh, total weight and swing weight are going to be correct for the player? So, you know, it's, it's, we're not just a manufacturing plant that basically gets a sheet in, pulls a bunch of parts, glues them together, puts grits on them and and sends them out the door mm-hmm. you know everything is weighed out sorted all the grips are weighed out all the heads are weighed out if a shaft if we test it and say the frequency on it's a little bit too high we don't use that shaft we'll pull another shaft off the wall and check it so you know it's just level of tolerance on builds and then you know consistency from one club to the next that's going to be the biggest difference on you know why uh, an easiest example i would say is Difference would be as you walk into the men's warehouse and you buy a suit off the rack, you go to Armani or something like that, and you actually get fitted for a suit. You know, yeah. that's that's going to be kind of the easiest yeah. way to understand the difference. Yeah, I hear a lot of people say, oh, "I got you know fitted over at uh, the PGA Superstore," and it's really just, <coughs> "Hey, they they made me swing a couple times, and they said this is the best one off the wall, and here you go." and and they claim that they got club fitted. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, eh. yeah, and you know, I mean, the thing about that is, is there are a lot of really good fitters out there that are have their hands tied yeah. because of the situation that yeah. they're in, you know. So, uh, talking about you know like a big box store, PGA Tour Superstore, or uh, Edwin Watts, or you know Golf Galaxy, anything like that, y- you could actually potentially have a situation where you have somebody who's interested in actually fitting you correctly, but they might not have the options to make it perfect. Yeah. Um, or the equipment. Yeah, you know, we we've had a few competitors fit some customers of ours and they've come back and we've done like a retrofit for them and they're surprised that well i was told this was the best but you've obviously improved off of that so you know it's it's definitely not a one size fits all and and unfortunately in the fitting business you're kind of limited to what you have and you know I, i would say we have quite a few options to be able to try to make sure you know we're gonna be pretty damn close to getting it right by the time we're you know, gotcha. I think you're, um, I, again, I got three things I want to get to, but uh, I'll start with the one. So back in the day, 25, 30 years ago. So let me, let me go backwards first. So I have a track man in my studio that T Mac teaches off of that. I teach off of mm-hmm. you have track man as well. Yep. Period, yeah. period. So that's kind of period. Like that's like, we've invested $20,000 yeah. into a machine that guess what? It might cost you a few more dollars to get the perfect set of clubs for you. There's a reason. Yeah. yeah. Because when you do go into, I'm going to use Dicks because I, I don't want to really pick on PGA Superstore or Golf Galaxy because I feel like those guys are golf specific. Yeah. Yes. They might be selling pickleball on the side now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but they are golf specific. Yeah. When the customer comes into me and says, oh, I got fit down at Dicks, 
again, nothing against the employee, but that person is covering from the tennis side or from the boating side. Yeah, yeah. Because the golf guy didn't, and the golf guy is not as qualified as we are. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, well, I think they got rid of the PGA guys at Dick's. <coughs> they didn't did. They? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, it's so. just some. Yeah retail guy working yeah. back behind her that enjoys the game of golf. Right. Yeah. And, and again, nothing against that person. It's just you are going to get what you pay for. Correct. So in, in my world, to bring it down to the to the retail side on my side, it was, well, I got fit at Dick's or the one I loved, and we, me and T-Mac talked about this before you got here, VP, was uh, my buddy says I'm swinging really fast on the course. I need to get a stiffer shaft. Yeah. Mm. First question we asked them, where's the ball flight? Well, it's low and right. Yeah. Oh, well, you probably don't need stiffer. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> you know, I, and I mean, the thing is, too, is, is um, you know, generally friends are there to be friends and they're trying to help you out. But uh, I've met very few friends that actually can tell people kind of what they should be swinging <laughs> right? and Correct. how they should be swinging, right. yeah. you know? So yeah. uh, some of the best uh, stuff I've seen on the golf course is when a buddy grabs uh, another friend and says, hey, uh, try this. Let's let's see you do this. And then the guy doesn't make it off the tee the next four That's holes. It. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. And <laughs> so, we all, I think as, as teachers, we all, I'm going to say it for me, I think all of you guys do, we hate teaching on the golf course, right? We yeah. hate giving advice. It, it's almost impossible. It is. Correct. Because right as soon as we give it, and that and that does happen poorly because the guy hasn't, he hasn't practiced the thousands of hours like we have with mm-hmm. hitting a seven iron, whatever, prior to hitting it on the golf course. So he tries it on the course, doesn't, and then reverts back and. You, you lost them because you, yeah yeah oh that yeah. didn't work yeah go back you know. to YouTube sir yeah, yeah right? exactly right and that's the other thing too is you know you'll see people come in and and they'll be like uh, hey I, I've been you know I, I give you an example I was giving a lesson to a guy who's starting to get pretty good and he's when he first came into me is about a twelve handicap and now he's down to around a seven and then he brings up well, I was watching YouTube and I saw this. There you go, it was the like, wait hole. a second, wait a second. When did I say you could watch YouTube? YouTube. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So you're cheating on me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Go to a different teacher if you're going to do that. Yeah. At so. least have that. Um, so, again, you, you mentioned some stuff in there. So, you have some equipment that, that we don't have access to. Kind of yeah. what you said. Like you said, there's just some fitters out there that don't have access. So, you, you kind of glossed over this term for the, for the golfer out there CPMs is cycles per minute. Yeah. Right. That's a way to measure the frequency of the shaft. Typically, it's done with the head on, but the grip off. Is that correct? Uh, there's different ways. So okay. we actually have some chucks uh, that we would attach to a raw shaft uh, that are going to weigh uh, similar to what a club head will weigh. So we can do it that way, or we can do it with a club head. Uh, we always measure it. Um, you can measure it both. So the actual CPM you would be trying to get would be what raw shaft would be because uh, grip densities and thicknesses and materials will influence CPM slightly. So, you know, true flex, you're trying to have basically a finished length club with uh, the head weight you're going to be playing, you know, and then check it on that. So um, they'll always feel softer with a grip on just because of the material unless you're playing maybe something super firm like a uh, z-cord golf pride z-cord is probably the firmest grip on the market so okay. if you have that that'll still feel pretty firm even uh, relative to the uh the frequency if you want to call it but it's just a frequency cpm is just a simple way for us to make sure so when you go through a fitting with us we check the actual cpm of the club that you've used and then the club that we're going to build is built exactly to that so for example um, stiffness when a shaft comes in raw from the manufacturer 
say a driver shaft, say the, the club that you hit was a, a 264 CPM at 45 and a half inches. Basically, we're gonna take that raw and mark the shaft at 45 and a half inches end of playing length without cutting it, just actually mark it. We're gonna check the CPM at that length and if it's under the CPM, well, we may tip trim it just a smidge to try to get the CPM up. Uh, swing weight will have an uh, effect on CPM because as the club head gets heavier, it actually softens the shaft. So that's the other thing we're trying to look into okay. from that standpoint is trying to make sure, okay, well, we know we've got to come up three swing weight points. So that's going to drop the CPM three to four CPM. So then we have to figure out, okay, well, maybe we have to tip trim this an extra half inch to make sure when the swing weight comes out that it's playable. So it, it, it's a little bit of you know math and stuff that go on into it but once you kind of understand the dynamics of weight and shaft flex and stuff you can kind of get a good little rhythm going when you're building a set yeah i think the uh other thing that that uh, vp has that we don't have we have a loft and line machine a mitchell loft yeah. and line machine which is the industry standard i'm going to yeah. still say it's a it's an old school yeah i would agree industry standard it's still one that you would use so i feel very comfortable bending somebody's clubs on mm. it checking the lies on it um side note i was actually at a at the pga show probably what, whatever sometime in the past 10 years went into one of the you know uh, educational seminars yeah had signed up for it online didn't know who i was going to see <laughs> Right, and I went in. It was a guy talking about club making, and uh, I didn't. I got there two minutes late, so he didn't. I didn't miss the introduction type of thing. Mm -hmm. And um, basically, I thought the the greatest point I got out of that seminar was that he said the best way to get fit, period, is to do it blind, to not know what you're hitting, <laughs> right? Like to to not have a company in your head, not have a a, a shaft. Oh, I, I got to hit the graphite design orange ADI whatever. Like, yeah, you know, I would say as <coughs> just you be know, open with it. Yeah, we're yeah. we're an uh, we're an agnostic fitting facility, yeah. which means basically, even though I've been on staff with Shrixon and Titleist and and stuff in the past, I don't gear players towards what I play yeah. because it's not going to match up to everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think from a fitter, probably the one thing that surprised me over the last especially three to four years is how good a brand like Cobra is. Mm -hmm. And people don't think that because they don't spend a lot of money on advertising and stuff like that. Um, they just got Bryson as far as I know. Like I'm sure and, they have others. And he's, but. And he's gone now. Yeah. He's not even with them. Okay. So Because he you got know, grumpy with them. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Know, and I would say that from, from a driver standpoint, they have one of, if not the best performing drivers on the planet, and you just don't hear a lot of people, right? Everybody wants to try a new Callaway and wants to try a new TaylorMade and stuff like that. You know, we're open to trying everything, but we always tell people, hey, I need you to be open to trying something that's outside your comfort zone. You might not think about it. Because the number of times somebody comes in and says, oh, I want to get fit for this, and they walk out of the store not even close yep. to what they wanted to get fit yep. for, it happens seven and a half to eight out of ten times. Yep. So how frustrating is it when you actually get somebody fitted into equipment that works for them and they're like, no, Still it's got to be tight. It's got to be. I mean, that's yep. got to be. It's got a symbol. Yeah. You know, and I, I mean, I think that's, you know, you have brand loyalists. You mm -hmm. know, I always tell people and I ask them, are you getting paid? You know, that's what I ask them. How much yeah. are you getting paid to play the equipment, right? Yeah. So if you're looking to improve, you know, um, one of the unique things that we have is we do quite a bit of work with a lot of local mini tour players. Okay. okay. Um, 
you know, um, Mike Visaki, we do a lot of his builds. Um, Austin Truslow, who's a, a great player. Um, I think he's actually in uh, second stage of Q school this week. Uh, he just played in the U.S. Open this year at um, L.A. Country Club. You know, really good player. So, you know, we get a lot of those guys that are having us build stuff for them, check specs and stuff. So certain guys like that that are on staff with somebody and required to play, yeah. right? Okay, well, we're going to fit you into what, you know, you need from them. But if you're not getting paid or you're not getting free stuff from somebody, right, Forget about your whole, yeah, hundred percent, right? Yep. You know, if I could grind the name off the iron, what would it matter? <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. you know. <clears throat> so the the uh, by the way, the gentleman that was given that seminar, his name was Ed Mitchell. Oh, Ooh. nice. <laughs> <laughs> after after forty five minutes, I'm like, is that? Because uh, I read the seminar thing, I'm like, oh, that's that's the guy who invented the stupid thing. Yeah. You know, like yeah. he probably knows what he's talking about. So it was a good good one to understand. So you have a dynamic, or you have a um, digital. Yeah, we have you know, loft and line di- machine, digital is, loft and line machine yeah. for irons and a digital loft and line machine for putter. So, yeah. you know, I mean, it's <coughs> you, you can get it down to a quarter of a degree from precision standpoint. Yep. Um, you know, and I mean, it's just they're great tools to have because, you know, you're able to dial in and, and make sure. One of the things we always tell people to do after we do a club fitting and stuff like that is, you know, uh, we always try to have players come back and do what we would call, would call a gapping session. So when originally you go through the fitting, we understand, okay, well, your seven iron needs to be bent at, you know, this loft and this lie angle to make sure impact is correct and to make sure the launch and spin. And then we're going to build the set of irons around that. But the thing is, is even though you'll have a really good fit set for you, not everybody delivers everything the same throughout the set. So certain players might deliver a five iron a little different than they'll deliver an eight iron. So just because the manufacturer says, oh, well, the five iron needs to be 25 degrees aloft and the eight iron needs to be, you know, 39, mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that's true. We're just going to try to make sure you come back and all of your gaps between your irons are correct. I, I yeah. could care less what the actual loft on the club is as long as it's doing what it's supposed to. So yeah. that's the other thing I think from a a fitting standpoint is trying to have some sort of post interaction with the fitting facility to make sure everything is, you know, gapped out correctly and you don't have any huge, you know, yeah. Oh, I hit my sand wedge 85 yards and I hit my gap wedge 120. Okay. Well, what do you hit a hundred? I have no idea. Right. So yeah. we, we want to make sure that that's not a kind of a scenario. And I think that's a pretty important point is making sure that their gapping is correct. You know, I, I think a lot of people, a lot of players just want to hit it as far as they can instead of having a consistent, you know, every 10 or 12 yards, but it's, they just want to max it out every time. Right. Yeah. A lot of yeah. players don't know what their, what their yardages are though, too. Uh, right? Well, they all think it's 10 to yeah. 15 yeah. yards longer than what it actually yeah. is. Yeah. Right. They, they yeah. just have no even, clue. Even me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So then the other question would be on the, um, I'm going to go back to the grips that you're talking about because there's I know that there's difference in grip weight and that's an important thing. I'm going to use the putters as more of an example because yeah. the because Superstroke has just you know come on the market the yeah. last ten years and oh, just yeah. killed it. Yeah, by far. And then you get a guy who's missing putts, right? And guess what? He went from a standard golf pride whatever 
yeah. to a Superstroke 5.0. Yeah. And he has no concept that that's yeah, 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 yeah. 35 grams heavier or yeah, whatever yeah. number yeah. is. And then not it really that, changes just, the headway, yeah, right? Si- yeah, size, you know, <laughs> diameter and stuff like that. You know, I, I will say the one thing that's probably surprised me the most from fitting is, and not only from fitting, but actually learning and studying and, and seeing why people do what they do, is I would say that there's probably maybe 10% of players on the planet who actually have a putter that's actually fit for them correctly. Yeah. Um, the majority of people out there do not realize that head shape has a massive influence on how you aim a putter, alignment mm. lines, how yeah. the neck goes into the head. Most people, they walk into a store, they grab something they look the, like the look of, and they hit it, and they go, oh, man, this is good. It and says then they, Scotty Cameron on the bottom. You know, and, and then they come into the shop, and from seven feet, right, they're aiming the putter eight inches right or left of the hole, and they're wondering why their stroke is awful and they can't make putts. Well, because yep. you can't hit a barn from a foot with the face, you yep. know. So yep. um, I always tell people who are, or, you know, especially players that are really looking to try to improve their – their score get fit for a putter first because if you can aim a putter where you're looking right then it comes down to speed and can you read a green you know that's the number one thing i would say and you know grip size will have an effect on you know your speed control and your release pattern and and your tendency you know um the other thing that we see from you know manufacturers is very rarely do we get putters in that have grips on straight Oh my god! You know, it's crazy. I mean, yeah. that's, it's crazy. That's, and then they, they come into us three yeah. months later. I'm missing everything right. Yeah. <laughs> look well, at the grip. Did you look at the grip? Yeah. Oh, the grip's fine. <laughs> yeah. No. Do you have- yeah. It's ro- it's rotated thirty degrees <laughs> open. That's how it yeah. came in from the manufacturer. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't mean that the, the yeah. guy at the manufacturing plant could have had a bad day. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. You know, like so. Yeah. So I mean, definitely putter is a is a huge. Uh, fitting aspect that we dive into a lot of people don't do it and I mean I would honestly say if you're a player who's you know kind of looking to improve your game get fit for a putter before really anything else and then see what happens after that literally the least fit club in the bag and you most forgotten right just forgotten most of the time just, you know? like vp said you just walk into a store and yeah. oh i like the look of it i just bought one online two weeks ago because i was struggling putting yeah. and but i know what i like the look of. i yeah. i will say i know what the, I, I like the face of certain putters yeah i mean i have a little better i want i wanted an alignment line that i like so yeah. there's certain things that i and you know that i've putted with a million different putters oh man in the I, past. I, I get guys all the time i want to get fit for a driver well what kind of handicap are you oh i'm a 10 handicap well okay well how hard are you hitting driver well it's okay but i'd like to pick up a little distance yeah, how go. many drivers around do you hit 12 how many putts around do you have well i have about 37 yeah well you think maybe we ought to improve your the, score yeah. that way let's get that down <laughs> you know no, no question so um the other thing I was going to say is that uh, when I went into VP's place, this is when you first left, so probably, would you say, five years five you've years. been there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it was probably four and a half years ago, but I went into his place the first time, and, and you didn't mention it so far, but the first thing that he does is he takes your set and figures out what your clubs are. Right? Your game yeah. set? At that point, I had, I had three different clubs, a four hybrid, a five wood, and a three wood, and they all said stiff on them. From the manufacturer, I won't mm-hmm. bring it up. Yeah, remember the four hybrid was we a, had junior a junior flex. flex. It was it was frequencying out. Literally junior. junior flex on the four hybrid. That's wow. probably why I hit it so good. Though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, best club in the bag, huh? The, the five wood was uh, like a in between ladies and reg- and senior. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then the three wood was in between senior or stiff and, and regular. Yeah, wow. But it's to the point. Is like again. 
they do, they're not doing what you said. You know, they're not doing the uh, specifications that you are. Um, so I think we all have our place. Like you have your place with the clientele that you have, which is great. And there's there's obviously a huge benefit that you can give them. Mm-hmm. But maybe I can't af- maybe I can't afford the Maserati. Yeah, yeah right? Maybe yeah, I yes. can afford the Toyota Camry. That's 100%. when you come see V or when you come see me and T Mac. And then if I want the you know whatever the tricycle or whatever yeah. the moped then you go then, then yeah then you go down to a, a big box store pick it up go go play but yeah, yeah. It, it, you got to figure out who you are budget wise a little bit yeah but also what you're trying to get out of the game yeah you know and the amazing thing nowadays is in general you know um use google as a platform to try to get an idea of of positive feedback from facilities and stuff like that you know i mean there's a lot of really good information out there about good fitters and there's some you know information out there about not so good fitters and and stuff like that so use that uh in the area that you're in to try to figure out okay there's a ton of good feedback about this fitter and and kind of what he does and this guy's not doesn't have such good feedback so you know generally if there's good feedback about a place, then they care more about your game than actually you spending dollars in their store. And, you know, that's the one thing I always tell people when they come into my shop is listen, you know, I'm a club fitter and a PGA professional first, not a salesman. So, you know, uh, I can't tell you the number of times as a small business owner, it's, it's weird to say this, but you know, uh, the number of times I've had somebody come into the shop and tell them they don't need to change. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. well, what do you mean I don't need to change? This driver's three years old. Yeah, so what? Who cares? Yep. It's optimized for you. It doesn't. You're not going to hit anything that's better. You want to buy something new because it's shiny and new? Yeah. Go buy a new car. I don't know what to tell right. you, but don't change your golf clubs. Yeah, I read a post about that. Uh, somebody came in for a club fitting, and you told them that you don't need new clubs. What you need to work on is your attack angle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's uh, very important for people when they come come to see is that it's just not a sales job. It's to get you better. Yeah, I, I think one of the things that, it, you know, and again, uh, Sean uh, Klotzi has been a huge kind of mentor and Tim Pulse, huge mentor. And one of the things that they've instilled on me is as a PGA professional, right? Code of ethics and stuff like that. Your number one goal is to improve a player. You figure out how to improve them the, you know, the easiest way. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times, you know, you walk into a place and you're expecting to get fit and stuff like that. And if you get data on your stuff and it's pretty good, and, and let's say you're hitting a driver 250 yards and some guy is able to say, oh, well, look, I, you're hitting this 257 yards, right? And, you know, and now in, in the days we're in now, I don't know if seven yards is worth $600 right. basically across the board. So, yeah. you know, be, be open-minded to potentially also stick with what you have if it's performing well, you know, and, and it's weird to maybe hear that from a small business owner who's got to really fit stuff and sell stuff to stay open. But when you come into our shop, it's, it's improvement first. We figure out how to improve you then. Yeah. I think that's the key point that you mentioned too. Like I, I, it's probably why I don't have a retail store anymore. I did it for three years, but I probably talked my customers out of more sales because you are, you do, you do want to be honest with them. That's our goal. Um, You want to improve them. And, and a lot of times too, I was going to get your opinion on this. They come in for a club fitting, right? Now you also specifically set up golf lessons too. Is that correct? Yeah, Yeah. correct. So uh, I teach 
at my facility. We have another satellite facility that we have another gentleman who just got into the PGA program who teaches as well. Yeah. Um, the second fitter that I have at my shop, Blake, does not teach. He's specifically yeah. a fitter. So, so, yeah. so, so when they come in for the fitting session is my point. I specifically tell them we're going to do a fitting. Yeah. Okay. At the end of the deal, I might give you the two to three things that I want to, want you to work on with your golf swing. Now, there's certainly times when it goes the other way when you're like, okay, look, here's the deal. You don't need new equipment yet. Yeah. You 100%. will in the very yeah. You will in the very near future, yeah. but you need to fix attack angle, swing speed, A, B, and C, whatever yeah. that is. Yeah. yeah. Your rotation, whatever, before you get to that point and then come back and see me in six months and they will because mm -hmm. you've built that loyalty with them yeah and, and you know one of the things that we always do um that i kind of have made it kind of company policy with us is if somebody were to come in for a fitting and a driver fitting and we know <clears throat> excuse me we know at their club head speed we need to be you know two degrees up on attack and they're hitting three and a half four down you talking about me? I was going to say oh. six or seven. Oh, okay. but, you know. yeah, sorry. So you know, and and you know, we're looking at it, and what they're playing with is pretty decent for how they're delivering the club. But you kind of can show them, you know, there's enough information on the internet now where you can actually pull up a chart really yeah. quick and yeah. say, hey, look, yeah. at your club head speed and two degrees up with this launch and this spin, this is how far you sh should be hitting it. And they go, shit, I don't hit it anywhere near that, right? Yeah. Yep. So, you know, having the information to be able to give to them. So, you know, what I would generally do in that situation is I would say, hey, listen, we're going to charge you a fitting fee when you come back after you work on swing. I don't care if it's one time, two times, three times from now, whatever it is, we're going to keep get capturing data. There's no additional charge for the fitting service, right? So, yep. you know, we're, we're giving customers information and then we're allowing them to do with with what they want with that information. Yep. So. Yep. Knowledge is power. Yeah, yeah exactly. Knowledge you got to have the yeah, you got to have the data. So yeah, uh, this has been great. VP and yeah. T Mac. It's been cool to. Yeah, I'm looking forward to coming in a yeah. few more times and yeah. you know diving into the past <laughs> and you know yeah. talking about swing lessons after Wednesday night leagues right? on the back of the porch. Ooh, and, good times. <laughs> you know, absolutely so. the uh, the same number. I've had the same lesson with VP for the past seven years or whatever. We had the same golf swing lesson every time, and if I go see him again it's going to be the same thing well but at least he's consistent i mean i'm consistent i'm consistent but it, it does fit you know it does again you have to go practice it yeah and, and it does kind of factor in and uh definitely become a better driver of the ball based on his information just understanding yeah he was talking about swing or attack angle and and uh low point again seven years ago before we even had yeah, you know, we were completely understood the all cover. the ball flight laws. Yeah. Uh, while we're kind of just trying to figure out how to swing a well, club, you know, <laughs> he'd be putting a head cover in front of my golf ball, making yeah. me swing up on it, and not, you know, not understand. I still yeah. love the time when you put the uh, alum the uh, the uh, lead tape on the uh, his oh. handle underneath. Oh. He didn't even know it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Go out there and shoot whatever it was, sixty-eight or seventy-one or something. I'm killing it. I'm like VP, yeah. this is unbelievable. The irons are going straight. And he goes, oh, that's good. We had a nice little snicker yeah. on that one. I tell you. He told me three weeks later, yeah. I'm like, oh, well, that makes sense. <laughs> Anyways, that's, but that, and actually at that time, like Sergio, they made a big deal about how oh, Sergio yeah. had, yeah. had, 
basically counterbalance. counterbalance. Yeah, Jack Nicholas is yeah. you know one that's kind of always you can look back at articles and say look at it and he, he's always been somebody that's kind of mess around with counterbalance and you know stuff like that so yeah. there, there's a lot of different <coughs> things people don't know about you know what certain guys can you know kind of manipulate to help with some golf swing stuff so yeah it's uh it's it's very exciting times to be in the golf industry right now i'll tell you that yeah that's a lot it. of technology in it too yeah. it's, it's yeah, great for sure it's great it. so uh once again we'd like to thank you uh i'm your co-host tim mcelvan here at uh, uh swingtheorygolf.com um, and my fellow co-host Sean Klotz. Yep, from One Stop Golf Club. Sean, please tell us where, where they can get a hold of you. Like, how, how what's yeah. the best place to get a yeah? Get so, a you. Um, you know, the shop is uh, Pure Science Golf. We're located in Clearwater, Florida, um, uh, kind of near the Feather Sound area. And then we have another satellite location uh, at the uh, Chichi Driving Range. Uh, that's a little bit north of us. Um, honestly, we've just actually started doing online booking. So, literally, you can go right to PureScienceGolf.com. Uh, you can schedule anything right there online. Uh, you can give us a call. Uh, shop number is 727-317-3510. You know, somebody will always answer the phone. You know, if you need anything, look us up. We'd be happy to have you come in, kind of diagnose what you got going on and help you out. Great, man. See you on Instagram too, right? Yeah, we are on Instagram. Yep, uh, Pure Science Golf. Uh, we're trying to get a little bit more into that, trying to do some of the you know, kind of nutty, kind of social media stuff. I'm yep. not a huge camera fan guy, but uh, they make me do it, yeah. apparently. Yeah. So, you're, you're doing good. You We've know. seen it. We've seen it. Good, yeah. good. Well, good once work. again, thank you so much, and have yeah, a great thanks day. thanks for having me. All right, guys, we'll see you next time. Hey golfers, this is Sean from One Stop Golf Club of Wesley Chapel. Want to let you guys know about our private golf club featuring TrackMan, which gives you unlimited data, video analysis, and practice abilities to improve your game. This is a one-of-a-kind practice facility in which you book your own tee times, walk in with your own personal code, and use TrackMan to improve your game. We offer monthly memberships starting at $60 for 24 hours a day, 7 days a week access, and the use of TrackMan. Think of it as your own private man cave or woman cave. Uh, enjoy a 65-inch TV with all the sports stations available so you can watch a game while improving your own golf game. We also offer private golf instruction, club fittings, and putter fittings as well. For more information, check out our website, www.onestopgolfshopfl.com. <laughs>